Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to episode 20 of the Groovy Podcast. Uh, today is the 2nd of October, and I'm Peter Lebrook, podcasting from London, England. And I'm Ken Cousin, podcasting from Cary, North Carolina this week. East Coast again. So, hi, Ken. How have things been? Oh, recovered well, from Spring 1-2 GX yet? Uh, yeah, because I went directly from Spring 1-2 GX to the no fluff, just stuff event in Atlanta. So I had to do all that. And then this week I am teaching a groovy class, fortunately, at a client in North Carolina. So the only other thing going on outside of us is that hurricane, you know, headed up the coast, uh, which it may hopefully just become a tropical storm. Now, what do they call it? Joaquin or something like that? Uh, yeah, it's a big major storm headed up the east coast of the U.S. and it's raining outside, but hopefully it won't turn into anything awful for next week. Okay, well, fingers crossed. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen any news about that, but it, it probably it generally only hits the U.K. news when um, houses are being destroyed. Not quite that bad, actually. But right, right. Uh, well, good luck with that. Let's hope it uh, diverts out into the Atlantic or yeah, tops out. Right. Uh, I'm flying home tonight, and then I have a Grails class in Massachusetts next week, which I have to drive to. So I'm just hoping there's not a lot of flooding and, and everything's okay. Uh, but that uh, I, imagine, I imagine it's fairly rare for Massachusetts to get hit by hurricanes. Uh, every couple of years we'll get a good one, but this is awfully early in the season. You know how it is. I mean, right. we're in October, right? Yes, I have no idea. We we don't get higher hurricanes in the UK. We don't yeah. get extremes of anything in the UK. That sounds very appealing at the moment, frankly. <laughs> we don't get much sun, Ken. It's not good. <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's get to the topic at hand. Uh, speaking of Groovy, so there have been a few releases since the last podcast. Um, we've got the Groovy 245 release came yeah. out. Mm -hmm. So that's the second release under Apache. And I think... With that safely under their belt, um, you know, 244 was the first one, but they, you know, they had to work out how they were going to fit in with the usual patchy way of doing things. 245 apparently went pretty smoothly. So there are discussions about Groovy becoming a top level project, which is cool. There was a, actually at 2GX during the Groovy BOF, you know, the Birds of a Feather session, uh, we had Guillaume there, we had Paul King there, we had Graham Roche, I mean, all the major players were there. And one of the questions came up saying, well, when are they going to no longer be an incubator project? You know, when is it going to be a top level project at Apache? And it turns out it's a question of number of releases and using their infrastructure and, you know, all these documentation related things that they are taking their time to get right. Uh, but they fully expect that maybe there'll be one more incubator release, but it's possible that either by the end of this year or early next year, there'll be a top level project. Yeah, uh, that sounds, that sounds about right. I guess, uh, from what I gathered from the developer mailing list, there are no hard and fast rules, mm. but yeah, I think they, they like the mentors would like to see a couple of releases that go smoothly. So I think it would, wouldn't be more than one, one more release. Yeah, I mean, they said that it, they could apply for it now and probably be approved, but they'd rather not apply and not get it, you know, so they'll go through one more. And even though, I mean, this project's been around for, what, 10, 12 years now, and yet it's an incubator because of the new infrastructure and the new mechanism here, and that's what they have to demonstrate they can work with, and then they'll be ready. 
Yeah. I mean, the only thing that bugs me is, of course, most of the links will change again. But at least it's only once more. <laughs> right. <laughs> the other issue, by the way, came up somewhat related to that. Uh, Grails has a very active Slack channel now. I'm sure you've been aware of that. Yes, I'm on there. I'm even yeah. on there right now. It's, it's very uh, nicely done. The question came up as to whether Groovy was also going to have a Slack channel. And the response from Paul and Guillaume was basically like, well, there's no reason we can't, but Apache requires that any discussions that lead to actual changes in the language have to go through the mailing list because that, that way they're documented in a way that can't be changed later. With Slack, you can actually edit the posts after the fact, and that could change the context of the discussion and make it very hard to understand what decisions were made and why. So they may, in fact, have a Slack channel. There's nothing against it, but they have to be very careful to make sure that anything that leads to a change in the language is handled through the mailing list instead. Yeah, I think that's the right approach as well. And you only really want one source of one location for these discussions that are the authoritative location, I guess is the best way to say it. Sure. Um, and it's immutable, right? So everything concurrent's got to be immutable, right? <laughs> yes, yes. I'm trying to think whether mailing lists could be immutable or immutable. Well, effectively immutable, sort of like those effectively immutable things in Java 8 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Effectively oh. final, I suppose, is the better way to say it. Well, uh, fingers crossed. Maybe by uh, Groovy and Grails Exchange in December, it will be a top-level project. That'd be great. Um, so... Other releases, uh, Gradle 2.8 Release Candidate 1 just came out this week. There wasn't, uh, there wasn't anything that I really noticed. It was mostly around performance changes and uh, performance improvements right. and a few things here and there, but nothing really jumped out at me. It was like a, a big feature. Yeah, I think the last big feature that everybody found amazing was the 2.5 release with the continuous build capability. I'm still showing that to people and going, oh, check this out. And they're like, oh, wait a minute. We've had this in JavaScript for a while. You know, uh, <laughs> it's nice that, that now we have it in Gradle. Uh, but I haven't noticed any significant changes that affected my life in 2.6 or 2.7. I expect 2.8 will probably be similar, except for the performance improvements. Yeah, it's uh, they're, they're just, just continually getting releases out. I think uh, mm -hmm. the biggest thing will be when they have the new model ready. I wonder if then they'll jump to a 3.0. You know what I mean? It's like these are four to six week incremental releases. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think they, in fact, say in their document, there's a, one section of the user guide, one chapter is about the new rule model and basically yeah. says this is the found this will be the foundation for Gradle 3. So when everything is using it, that's when the, the switch will happen effectively. Which should also happen, we're, I guess, by the end of the year or early of next year. Um, pass yeah you're probably right because <laughs> i remember when at the gradle summit that's what they were anticipating is having it done by the end of the year but that's you know now that we're getting to the end of the year they may go oh, let's wait you know i'd rather they get it right than rush that out gradle's not exactly a, a product that needs massive updating right away uh, so it's, it's probably fine to delay and, and wait and get that right yes yes plus remember how long it took for the dependency management to uh, get rewritten in order to, for there to be a one zero release. So, <laughs> I didn't even uh, want to bring it up, but yeah, that took forever. I, yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to commit to any, uh, dates for the release. Um, right. 
but uh, I have actually committed to speaking about the new Gradle model and uh, trying to get... The fact is they're getting close enough that I think they want to get people to start um, learning about it at least, if not necessarily using it. And I think if you're a plugin author, you should really be looking at it right now. This is going to affect that Gradle plugin for Android, which again will have an impact on my life, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I've got an item here about Groovy and Android. But uh, while we're on the releases, Grails 308, uh, a very, you know, a patch release. However, it sorted out the configuration files for me. So uh, Grails is having a hard time making best use of Spring Boot and Grails apparently have different views on how configuration is done. Oh, okay. Um, so was, yeah, through various patch releases, it was trying to get that working. Uh, but that's, that's working now. So uh, config files are properly merged together. So you, and you can have uh, some in Groovy files, some in YAML, some in properties um, in the different locations and they should merge together fine. I'm not sure I would be comfortable having both an application.groovy and an application.yaml. You know, I mean, it feels to me that that would be asking for trouble, you know, trying to rely on some conflict resolution rather than just doing everything in one or the other. But well, I don't think you have a way. Uh, typically, you wouldn't overload that stuff. But remember that the YAML is good for programmatic updates. The Groovy is good for conditional inclusion of configuration or, um, you know, creating creating a database URL on the fly. Okay. For example, from an environment variable, that's what I do in one of my uh, Groovy base files. Um, so yes, I mean, you may be not asking for trouble exactly, but um, anytime that you have to think about how things are gonna merge together, you need to worry a bit. Um, as, long as, you, say, as long as you keep the, the different properties independent of each other, yeah. as long as you don't have the same thing in both, then you're fine. Yeah, that would basically be the, the main guideline, I think. Um, and uh, interestingly, they introduced GORM events. So I didn't even realize that there was a new events check section, mostly because it's under the async programming chapter. Ah. Uh, but they're using the reactor project under the hood. Um, and that they're using that to do a generic events-based system. So they're no longer using the Spring application context, which has its kind of pub-sub right. uh, event model. Um, and the, the, the reason that I'm interested in the GORM events is because you get a notification of when the Hibernate session factory basically has been set up. Uh, and that means that you can hook into the application restart so you're, you're programming along you modify a domain class uh, it gets recompiled your application actually is kind of restarting behind the scenes if you've got like a db create of create drop your database is cleared but your uh, bootstrap dot init is not called right so now you can hook in and set up your initial data and it will always create initial data whenever basically the data store has been refreshed Interesting. I, I also find interesting that they're headed toward that reactive stuff. It looks like the whole industry is headed toward reactive in several ways. I mean, Rat Pack lives on that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So um, I still want to learn more about reactive because it's more an architectural style. You can do yeah. events without necessarily being 
fully reactive, I guess, and or without being reactive streams. Rat Pack yeah. is more geared towards reactive streams, I feel. Yes. Um, and I think uh, Grails tries to be fairly agnostic of that side of things at the moment. Right. Uh, of course, if they do sit Grails 3 on top of Rat Pack, they have a Rat Pack profile, then of course that would probably be well, that freaked everybody out. I mean, one of the con, you know, one of the issues that was discussed again at, at 2GX was, you know, why use Grails over, uh, you know, Bootstrap or not Bootstrap? Spring over, boot. over, yeah, Spring Boot directly. And again, it was pointing out that it's the same reason you use Grails over Spring. It's like you have all this convention over configuration. You have all these additional libraries like GORM. You have all the, the nice smoothing out of variations throughout the architecture. You know, it's all the, the same benefits and the DSL advantages that you got before. I think once people realize that Grails 3 works so cleanly with Spring Boot, then I think that they're going to be revitalized again. I think it's going to get a lot more attention in the coming year uh, than it has kind of late this year. Yeah, I think it's it will take a bit of time for people to realize that it is a actually a significant change from Grails too. That yeah. a lot of the problems uh, have basically been resolved by changes in technologies and narrowing the scope of the project, basically. So and and uh, of course converting all those plugins. So you know because that was as you saw like Spring Security was holding up a lot of people, but now that's quick that's gradually getting resolved. You know, with uh, the major parts are already converted, and I expect the rest will be converted soon. Yeah. So the, the interesting trait will be like getting people who tried Grails ran into some of the issues they run into, and like saying, actually, you know, you can benefit from uh, the the stuff that you get with Grails, but mm -hmm. without with the much more solid underpinnings with uh, Grails three. Right. Um, even just like being able to incorporate it into uh, a multi-project build so much more easily. None yeah. of this launching Grails build from Maven and uh, Gradle. Yes. And running into those, uh, the incons, the, the, it's, it's like the uh, object relational mismatch, impedance mismatch. There's the build tool mismatch. I did hear, by the way, uh, I think it was on Twitter, that the next early access release of IntelliJ 15 is going to have that Grails 3 support in it, or at least a version of that. So they do seem to be on track to building Grails 3 support into IntelliJ. As Jeff Brown reminds me continuously, you don't need any of that. You could just treat it like a Gradle project and use the community edition of IntelliJ to work with a Grails 3 project. and. I mean, I think he says, I do it every day, you know, just to really drive it home. And that's good. I mean, it's very helpful, but I still would like to see the, the support in the professional or the ultimate edition. Yeah. I mean, the main thing you're missing really is the GSPs. Well, it's also the wizards, you know, of, of running tasks inside and, and detecting changes and having the organization. I, I don't know. I got used to a lot of the, the IntelliJ functionality on Grails and to have all that kind of gone you know, felt awkward. So it'll be nice to have it back. Okay, cool. Um, as you as you know, I'm not a big IDE person, so I, I don't really know what those those changes are. Yeah, yeah. Um, so well, we we shall find out. I will try out the uh, the 15 EAP for sure. Okay, so we've got through the releases. Um, so uh, I'm you have something about SDK Man? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I guess that. 
I thought might have mentioned that in the last podcast. Um, well, regardless, they've been doing incremental releases again. I think we're up to SDK Man 3.0.4, and you could do an. Uh, I mean, there was a there were some minor quirks. See, that was the thing that happened at 2GX is that SDK Man was released live at 2GX. I mean, Marco got up there and did a little talk about it and said, okay, now I've pushed it out there. And there were some minor quirks in switching over some of the Macs from GVM to SDK, but you can do an SDK space self-update. And if nothing happens, you could do the same thing with a, with a space force at the end, and it'll update you to the latest version of SDK man. And now you're using SDK instead of GVM. And I believe, as I say, I think they're up to 3.0.4 at this point. No, apparently 3.0.5 as of the 30th of September. Yesterday. Two days ago. No, 30, September's got 30 days, right? Yes. Yeah, okay, so it was yesterday. No, two days ago because I'm wrong. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy. <laughs> okay, yeah, so I don't know that I've done that, and I don't know what the changes were in that, but uh, they do have the new homepage, you know, sdkman.io. And they're very proud of their very cartoony graphic, which I imagine you've seen, right? Superhero. It looks like a superhero logo. Yeah, it's great. It looks like, oh boy, you know, I, uh, and I saw some people and they're going, man, it's hard enough to get a language named Groovy taken seriously without doing that. But it is very colorful and the, it's a wonderful product. You just can't beat it. So anyway, now that's available too. Yeah. Cool. Yes, um, and oh, lastly, you, you can continue to use the GVM command line. I mean, I, it's just like, as you said, a self-update and boom. Right, and uh, I was reading, I actually did something appalling, is I, I actually read the manual, you know, <laughs> sdkman.io. I just was looking at the installation and the usage, and then it was, um, it was a, 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 a command to clean the archives, you know? Okay. where you go, Did you see that? Yeah. No, this is news to me. Oh, I did this. Um, I did this as a tweet, and people were like, "Really?" And it's in the usage page, and it's called. Um, let's see. Is it flush? Uninstall yeah, flush or outdated? Archive. Right. That's it. Flush archives with an S. And I did this, and I wound up clearing eight gigs of space on my hard drive. Wow. <laughs> installations, yeah. Uh, so, what does it remove? I assume all the zips of the old ones that you've installed, but no longer are showing. You know, because if you try to reinstall a version of Groovy that you that you installed once before and then said uninstall, there's still stuff left. If you try to reinstall it, it says, oh, we found a cache version and just builds it back in. So I think it clears that cache. Oh, okay. And there's oh, a lot I... of stuff. I mean, over, over time, you build up a lot of room in that cache. So at any rate, the command is just SDK flush archives and see how much space you save. Yeah, yeah. I, I never bothered with the uninstall command. I just went into the GVM cache and just removed all the files that I, I no longer needed. <laughs> you really are low level, aren't you? you I really... am. Yes, I can be very much so. You're going to update Lazy Bones, or, or is that still just stable? Uh, that's very much stable at the moment. I used that at my Rat Pack talk at, at 2GX to create a new Rat Pack project and was pleasantly, it was very pleasant to see that it pulled the latest Rat Pack templates. You know, I mean, you didn't have to change Lazy Bones at all in order to get a brand new Rat Pack project with the latest version and everything. Yeah. I mean, that's, 
fact of the matter is that the kind of project's stable. The the most of the changes that I kind of envisage for it are really big changes. So the stuff that you need to invest quite a bit of time into. So uh, okay. Um and and no one has stepped up to the plate to <laughs> do any of them themselves. So anybody right. out there interested in contributing to Lazy Bones, I'm more than happy to help. <laughs> Yeah, real soon now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. So, um, uh, conference-wise, we were the program committee for Grooving Grails Exchange, which is in December, uh, met. So, we met on Tuesday to review the talks, and the acceptances should be coming out shortly. Um, certainly, my acceptance came through today. So, hopefully, the schedule will be up in the not-too-distant future. Excellent. Um, Mr. Hackey right. uh, seems to have gone on a real writing spree. Uh, <laughs> so he's got so many Grails goodness. I, I saw like seven to 10 Grails goodness blog posts, uh, mostly related to Grails 3 stuff. So right. he's switching a lot of things to Grails 3. So yeah, if you're doing any Grails, especially if you're looking into Grails 3, check those blog posts out to find out some of the, the new techniques that you would use to do certain things that you may have done differently with Grails 2, or just get some new ideas. Did you see he mentioned he's going to start a new series as well on Rat Pack? He's going to call it Rat Packed, eat with an ED. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not and Rat Pack so, goodness. No, unfortunately, or what it, just like Spock's not Spock goodness either. That one's, uh, I forget what that's called. Is that uh, Spocked? No, no, it's something else, Spock Light or something. I forget. But anyway, Rat Packed will be the new series. Oh, and there's like ASCII doc is awesome. ASCII doc or something, you know, yes, yes, anyway, I have seen that be, one. yeah, this is going to be rat packed with an ED and I'm looking forward to seeing that as well. But yeah, right. he's been doing phenomenal work lately. Just cranking these things out. Okay. So I think we can expect a, uh, a few new books based on his goodness stuff, those blog right. posts with the amount of content he's generating. So there, yes, Mr. Hackey, we're expecting it soon. Um, but you're doing great. Thank you for all your yes, work. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of books, so ah. uh, your your Gradle recipes for Android. Right. He didn't, ladies and gentlemen. He did not pay me to mention this one. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, it's it's rough cut. So it's just like the Manning Meep early access program. Yeah, but it's a little bit misleading in this case because the idea behind the recipe books at O'Reilly is they're supposed to be short. They're not supposed to be 400-page doorstop books. You know, this is not groovy in action. This is about 150 pages. I've got somewhere between 27 and 30 recipes. There's 27 in the uh, early access version. But because the thing's written in ASCII doc anyway, all the formatting looks pretty good. I mean, I just right now I'm cleaning up typos and if I get any feedback I'm, I'm doing that and of course the versions changed again so I've got to update all the code in the figures you know how this happens oh yes I know um, that it's it's painful it, it but hurts it's pretty darn complete I, I really expect to have the complete version out geez I'd like to turn in all my changes by the end of next week and have it come out just in time for the holidays right you know for that'd be great Right. For your holiday shopping needs, you can get a, a Gradle Recipes for Rat Pack book, right? Oh, yeah, I can see that happening. But anyway, so that, that should be very soon. Um, and that was, I got to say, working with the O'Reilly system with ASCII doc and the Git repository and everything, that was really a pleasure. Cool. 
Yeah, so, I mean, just being able to use ASCII Doctor is uh, really nice, I think. Yeah. And uh, that could be why. So I think O'Reilly are behind Spock up and running as well. Are yes. Not? So this is Rob Fletcher's book on Spock. He was oh. initially considering doing a self-published book, um, but uh, I gathered on Twitter that he needed the extra pressure of an editor going, you I really ought to get that. this chapter ready. See, so we have the, the Java testing with Spock book at Manning, which from what I gather is basically finished and they're in the release process on that. Uh, whereas Rob Fletcher's book is now over at O'Reilly. And yes, I'm looking forward to that one coming out as well. Yeah, so is it on an early release? Yeah, Constantine, and I, I can never remember how to pronounce his last name. It begins with a K. Uh, but it's called Java Testing with Spock at Manning. We've been seeing it update over the last few, few months. Yeah, no, I was talking about the Spock up and running. So the first two oh. chapters are available. Right. Early right. access. Um, and of course, as mentioned in the last episode, Dan has his learning Rat Pack book. I got to say, and you know, it, it, it horrifies me to say this, but man, he did a good job on that podcast. You know, I mean, I felt really bad. I missed it, which I could have been there because my, my last talk finished at noon and I could have jumped on, but I didn't realize you were going. And by the time I would jump on, you know, but when I listened to it, I'm like, man, it's kind of a good thing I'm not there. I wouldn't have contributed anything. He was going on and on about the technical stuff. And I might actually have to reconsider the whole unfollow Dan Belloper thing. And I don't want to do that. So I'm going to say, assuming the learning Rat Pack book makes it out this decade, then I'll have to think about it. But we'll wait and see. But I got to say, I got the early access version. I got to tell you, there's a quick story. What happened to me is I was supposed to give a Rat Pack talk at 2GX, just like Dan was giving a Rat Pack talk. And I'm sitting there going, why am I giving a Rat Pack talk when Dan is, for one thing? But secondly, I'm going, all the documentation's out of date. It's all wrong. I don't know what to do. And then Rat Pack went 1.0 two days before my talk. And I'm like, what the heck am I going to do now? And fortunately, Learning Rat Pack came out, and I contacted an editor at O'Reilly and said, hey, I need this. I need this now. And he sent me the, the, the copy, and I read what all the whole thing in like the next day so that I could update my whole talk <laughs> on that thing. I mean, that is the tutorial that Rat Pack needs. That really is the documentation that is fundamentally required. And while the documentation at ratpack.io, I guess, has improved by leaps and bounds, it's still incomplete. It's still not as fleshed out as the stuff in that Learning Rat Pack book. So I think it's a phenomenal book. I think it's going to be wonderful. Just don't tell him I said that. Okay, and we'll, we'll hope that he doesn't listen to the podcast. I'm sure oh, he doesn't. No, you're, you're fine. You're safe. Yeah, how many but people definitely, do, right? don't, don't, don't not unfollow Dan Veloper. Seriously. Yeah, okay. okay. I'll hold off on that. <laughs> uh, excellent news. Cool. Okay, so, uh, right, that was, that was the three books. Right. Um, I do have to mention, as long as you're talking about publications, uh, my Gradle Fundamentals video course is now available to O'Reilly as well. Okay, cool. So that's on top of, was that your first one or there was, did you do a groovy one as well? On... I've got seven, by the way. I've got three groovy ones, two Android ones, a Gradle Fundamentals and a Gradle for Android. All video courses at O'Reilly. If you're on Safari, you can see any of those. Uh, oh, okay. There's probably enough self-marketing. <laughs> oh dear. Cool. No, it's interesting stuff. So like, these are the kinds of material I think that, that people need because I still feel Groovy is a bit weak in that 
area. So it's certainly something that um, I work on as well. Cool. Okay, so on the Gradle front, yes, a couple of new hires. You will have heard possibly of Bert Beckwith. Uh, he joined Gradlelink. So I just got confirmation he'll be joining the engineering team. Yeah, that, from what I understand, that was uh, that's been a long time in coming. You know, Bert has he kept looking at it as from what he told me is that he was looking at it as like a dream job, and therefore he really is putting all this pressure on himself to get it right. And he didn't want to say yes until he knew he could really dedicate himself to it and everything. And of course, you know, you're not going to do that until you jump in. And I think they finally talked him into it, saying, "No, come on, let's do this." So I know he's very excited to be there and very happy to work with those people. Cool. Yeah, well, they, they've got a lot of engineering talent now, yes. the Gradle team. Um, and uh, they're adding Chris Beams. So uh, some of you may not know, but he was one of the Spring Core developers. Oh, right, right. Uh, he, he worked closely with Jürgen. He's a, he's a really good guy. Um, mm. And so that, that's another great addition. He, he actually, I, I would argue is the, or I just would say was one of the, or the biggest driver within Spring to switching to Gradle for their build. Really? That's an interesting to know. Yeah. Um, so, and, and that was, I think that was one of the, the boosts for the build tool. So, hey, Spring Project uses Gradle. Must be right. reasonably good. Right. So, yeah, that's that's two great additions to their, to their team. Uh, I don't know if the Grails team i feel that so who do they have now because i saw in the grails diary that um jacob mentioned that it was it gone from a team of two to a team of six well that we know about of course jeff and jeff brown and, and graham roche and we know that um dave klein dave and klein and colin uh harrington, harrington. is there yeah uh, then I, I know there were two additional people hired i'm trying to remember who they were uh, did it mention it in the Grails diary, or it might have been mentioned on Twitter as well? I'd have to, I think I'd have to look yeah. that one. I didn't but see it in the were, diary. They were such a presence. OCI was a major presence at 2GX. The actual CEO of OCI, the founder of the company, came to the the Groovy Boff and stood up and said how much they were happy about the the developments of the team and how much they were supporting it all it's like they're we're getting more support from oci than arguably we got from pivotal you know i mean it's, it's a really nice development and a a great deal of interest and support at the company yeah yeah it's cool i think that's what uh, certainly grails needed it mm. um that uh, pivotal support was uh limited i would i would say Right. So, and of course, the other thing they, that was, sorry. I was say. just going to say, I mean, they, they, they kept the, they did keep the project going and invested in it, but I don't think they had any great plans for it. I didn't. Yeah. And I, I still think they're going to regret that. I really do. But that's a different issue. Uh, one thing though, I mean, because this means that almost all the damage PR wise and otherwise of pivotal removing support has been repaired by this point except for one thing i mean ruby and grails tool suite is in serious trouble I, I don't know that anybody is working on that anymore and at the at the uh conference graham mentioned that ibm isn't even having people working on eclipse anymore so that that you know and it's a, it is a completely open source project anybody can 
But if they've removed support from the core team of Eclipse, we don't even know what the long-term future of the base framework is. So I think over the next year, we're going to see a lot of uh, migration or at least uh, from a spectator sport, trying to find out what the heck's going to happen with Eclipse and any of the tools that build on top of that. Yeah, I, I really don't know. I, I'd heard similar stories about um, the sort of core Eclipse support. Uh, certainly, I didn't, GGTS itself um, is yeah. is done. I think you know, there's no yeah. more development there. Um, right. There's just development. Uh, potential development on the Groovy Eclipse plugin and possibly the Grails feature. I believe they are looking for people to help support the Groovy Eclipse plugin. That's the yeah. one that people are interested in. I don't know that any significant work is even con con being contemplated on the Grails support inside of Eclipse, but that had been dying in GGTS for years. You know, every time they'd add a new version, they'd add a handful of features and break a bunch of things as well. So. I don't know. I I only use it when I'm at a client who has no choice, you know. Right. It's um, but it does leave I I guess a gap for NetBeans to grow. Right. I don't and know what the development's really like good. on that, but it definitely seems to have more development than um, Eclipse as far as the Groovy and Grail side is. Yeah, it's a small community, but a a, a vocal one. <laughs> they don't like being overlooked. <laughs> understandably, understandably, I think. Cool. So uh, I think that's pretty much covered uh, most things other than I, I, I guess that you, you should talk about the uh, coming Groovy podcast ah, website. That's right. We got two things. One is uh, I, I talked to Ben Ellison at No Fluff Just Stuff. You know, I'm, uh, I'm on that tour, the No Fluff Just Stuff uh, tour at nofluffjuststuff.com. And I asked if they would be willing to host a web page for the Groovy Podcast, and they said yes. And Ben has put together a page for that. It's at nofluffjuststuff.com slash n, the letter n, lowercase n, slash Groovy Podcast. He's going to tweak it so that you won't need that n eventually. But right now it's in there, and it's a preliminary version, but it does have all the embedded Podbean uh, podcast for the audio and the YouTube videos as well. And there will be at least links to the show notes. I don't know how much of the show notes they'll be grabbing. And once we show up on iTunes, because he resized the graphic for us. So he oh, made the graphic so that it would work on iTunes. And I went in and put it into our Podbean section and submitted it to iTunes. And I was hoping it would be available today, but I searched on it this morning and I didn't see it. But eventually you'll have an iTunes button you can click on even there and wind up subscribing that way. And hey, we may double our listeners, you know, when we go to two to four, maybe four to eight. I don't know. It could be really cool. So anyway, oh, so don't, page, don't, don't hate on us that hard. That's <laughs> well, the web page has one major problem, as you were so kind to point out, is, is that it's, it should have you first and it doesn't, you know, and I'll, I'll talk to Ben about that, get that fixed. Right away. Uh, the, the names are in alphabetical order. It's fine. Or you could, I could say, actually, I'm in the middle, which is the most important place. I can live with that. But I think <laughs> want some of his information updated. I mean, as I say, it's it's kind of under construction, but the page is available. All the podcasts and the video casts, everything is on there already. Uh, we'll put it in the show notes, but it's all in there. Uh, so that's wonderful. Is that we'll actually have a homepage and we'll be you'll be able to subscribe on iTunes as well as Podbean and you know, man, the, 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 what did they say? The future's so bright, I got to wear shades, man. <laughs> oh, that sounds wonderful. 
No, it's definitely the, the website's looking very nice. Um, yes. be great, a great resource. We don't have to send you to YouTube and Podbean and all different locations for right. all our stuff. Just we'll say, hey, there's a new uh, episode. Go to our website and you can get to the links from there. And what's well, that's going to make our life so much easier. Yes. Cool. Um, so, yeah, is there anything else? Uh, any news uh, or sort of you've... I don't know, interested in that you picked up in the last week or two? I think that covered pretty much everything. I do have to say that one of the things I did at 2GX, which I had not done a lot of before, is I spent a lot more time with Jeb. And I had not done a lot of that. And I, I like I tried out Jeb several years ago and kept running into problems. And yet now when I played with it the last few weeks, I've really been impressed with that project. I really like what's going on there in the browser, browser automation space and the ability to write your little specs that, that will, the page model stuff is very impressive. Uh, and there's a, a lot of good work by people. There were some talks at, um, which one was it? The uh, Great Conf, you know, especially in US uh, about Jeb. And I've been very impressed with that project. It's just, I don't know that that one gets enough press. But other than that, I think we covered everything. Cool, uh, that may be the case. I mean, to be honest, I hate browser testing base yeah. testing, but uh, yeah, makes it more manageable. Like, I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you, but I really was impressed with this one. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's what we used in uh, Grails in Action, and it's it's so much easier to use than um, a lot of the other tools. The the page objects, sys setup, everything yeah. is very nice. So, uh, Martin will be really happy to hear about that. And we may even have like a, a workshop at Groovy Grails Exchange covering testing, but that'd be Spock and Jeb. You know, yes. Have one of the, I guess the project lead, I guess Martin Erdman is the project lead for Jeb now. So, ah, okay. cool. Okay, then we're all done. So we look forward to chatting to you next time in maybe a couple of weeks. And uh, we will have the show notes, which will have links to, for example, the website, the new website, and anything else that we've talked about. So all the best with uh, all your groovy Grails, Gradle, and other developments. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Take care.